0: Pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny.
1: Welcome to Gun Funny, episode 219. Today, I'm going to chat with Brad Hellier from Tactical Development, discuss a new bill for banks to spy on gun buyers, highlight a new 22LR from HK, and talk about a meme that was reported to the Secret Service. I'm your host, Ava Flanell. Brad, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. Glad to be on the show.
1: Yeah, I'm actually, I'm glad that I'm even able to record the show. I woke up this morning and was told all my cameras are offline. I'm actually, I'm back in my house, guys. Uh, All my cameras are offline. I was like, what the hell? And then I'm trying to use the internet, trying to get logged back in. And then my internet's not working. But I also got a notification this morning via email that like, anytime there's a charge on my card you know i get an email notification so the internet company charged my card this morning uh but then when i went to go check like troubleshooting it was like account inactive and i was like what the hell so i like called them and they're they're like yeah you know your credit card didn't go through and i'm like okay i got a notification that it did but whatever and they're like well if it's about to expire then it typically gets declined so even if it hasn't expired yet so I was like, all right, you know what? I don't have time to argue. So I'm just going to give you a new credit card. I'm on auto pay. And I realized I gave him the same freaking credit card that was charged this morning <laughs> and it doesn't expire until 2026. But I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll deal with this later. But I'm just glad that we have a show that, you know, because I'm like, I'm about to record a show and I don't have internet. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: And I was like, okay, cool. It's going to be one of those days. Awesome. Awesome. So must uh let's go on. Yeah, got to love freaking technology, I swear. And um,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, just yeah. But anyways, Smith and Wesson One of my go-to guns is the M&P the 2.0. I love their their 2.0 editions. They have a couple of versions, both full-size compact. I have pretty much everything actually, but they're all chambered I think in 9mm. I don't think I have any, but they also come in 40 45 ACP but yeah, I think all of mine are nine millimeter. But yeah, so you can get them in 40, 45. Uh, they also come in 4.25 inches, 4.6 inches, and five inches. Like I said, I think I have all of those. You can also get them threaded and suppressor ready, which I actually just got an MMP22, put a suppressor on that. It's freaking awesome. You can have suppressor height sights or co-witness with a red dot. Uh, but you can get them with or without thumb safeties. They're available black, FDE, two-toned. MSRP on these range from $610 to 969 depending on the options that you select. But just really cool guns. I mean, I really like them. They shoot really well for me. So I'd say if you haven't had a chance to get your hands on one, definitely do so. I think you'll really enjoy it. You could check more of these guns out at smith-wesson.com along with all the other great guns that they have to offer.
0: Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry.
1: A tactical dev, that is your company name. Before we get into, well, I guess, is it tactical dev or tactical development? Yes, I'm assuming it's probably tactical <laughs> development. and Then use Dev for for short. Yeah,
2: Dev Dev for short. I, you know, I keep working on even trying to make it shorter. You know, the logo is just T and B. Just yeah, tech Dev Tech Dev. I don't know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Tech Dev. Well, yeah. so okay, let's just stick with tactical development. But for people who aren't, well, actually, I mean, a while back, the last Josh show, um, I did do a, a quick segment with you and you were talking about your products and stuff. And you make some freaking awesome stuff. But for Thank people you. who may not be familiar with, uh, with your products, can you just explain what it is, some of the stuff that you make?
2: So we make a lot of stuff and it, it's kind of, it's snowball. So it started with the mag feeder. So AR-15 30 round speed loader. Mm-hmm. um that's what we kind of demoed at shot show a few years ago however long ago that was i think it was two um, years ago which i gotta say yeah. that one was awesome yeah that was it was hard to think back that far i feel like I've missed i missed so much with <laughs> i know them not having shows and yeah and 20, um,
1: 2020 wasn't great and i mean it's yeah. pretty much just snowballed down from there but you know yeah, yeah. when
2: when things were good we met
1: and you know you were on the show
2: (laughs) yeah and that was fun because it was like okay i can't touch this if it's a youtube stream or whatever it was and so yeah yeah, that was fun um but yeah we ar-15 speed loader but put a little twist to it um just with that hinge in the middle so it it can be compact enough to fit in your range bag or really anywhere Mm -hmm. in an ammo can Mm -hmm. and then from there we've moved on and we make sig accessories like the rail to convert the proprietary rail to a standard 1913 rail base pads for the 365 and the 320 parts for the uh, flux defense raider for that that is also the 320 platform so just really at this point it's just anything that we see we want Mm -hmm. we we pursue it and if there's nothing on the market we pursue it and make it and prototype it and, and move forward and and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very active on, on Instagram posting prototypes and getting, uh, people's feedback just cause that kind of, that's a lot of what determines, um, if we want to move forward If other people are interested in, cause a lot of times, you know, you have an idea and it's just like, eh, yeah. nobody else thinks that's a good idea. And it's like, okay, that was just uh, a fluke. I was just.
1: Yeah. And then you were just like, just kidding. We're not doing that. Just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. when I was like, yeah, that's the like stupidest that. idea ever.
2: <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> that you- was a. Uh, April fool's joke. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> but you do actually, you come out with some really innovative stuff, uh, which we'll get more into here shortly, but just, um, tell me a little bit about your background and like how you ended up in this industry.
2: Um, so we go back to 1983 when I was born. No, I'm just huh. kidding. No, but I was raised, I was raised in Nevada. Uh, we would go shooting, just go out in the desert or sometimes to an outdoor shooting range. I don't think I ever was in a shooting range as a child, an indoor one. It's just out in the desert shooting having fun. And then fast forward to my adult years. And I just, I don't know, something was calling me to do kind of a like these action pistol or competition shoots. And so I started to get into it there. And that was kind of the start. That's the start in a nutshell. But from there, it just, it kind of, you know, you buy one gun you can't stop there yeah so, no kidding uh, you know my first pistol that i purchased was the uh beretta storm oh PX9. wow nine um and i did not fit in all the competition people none of, no one was was rocking beretta everyone was rocking Glock, and yeah uh what else were they doing out there It was like cz's and yeah everything else and so but that was the start, and from there it was like, oh, now I need uh, an AR-15 to do three gun competitions, and I need a shotgun, and and so that's kind of, and that's actually where the mag feeder was born. Actually, um, I don't know if we wanted to get into that right now, but no, definitely.
1: Uh, so was it? I, I'm assuming you were just like, all right, loading my mag sucks. Like this could be done yes. much faster.
2: Yes, I, uh, I was, I was doing three gun, or actually, I hadn't started yet. I just ordered this, the, uh, vortex optic for my rifle that I was building. It started as a budget build. And then I started getting a little pickier and seeing that, you know, budget build might not be the way to go for a competition rifle. And then I was like, all right, optic is ordered. We're done. Is there anything else I need? I've all the other range stuff, um, safety stuff. And that's when I was like, well, between matches, if you're familiar with competition shooting. Um, a lot of times you go and you tape up the targets in between mm-hmm. uh, in between uh, shooters to get moving to the next shooter quicker. And so I knew I didn't want to just sit there and be loading my mag. I wanted to help out and go tape up targets and, yeah. Otherwise, and volunteer scoring and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Otherwise people would look at you like, cool, this douchebag is always loading yeah. his yeah. magazines.
0: No problem, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> and so that's when I actually, I just, I Googled it and I was just like, all right, which one am I going to order? found a bunch they were um either big or overpriced or both mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm just sitting in my basement at this time you know and just i i turn around I'm like wait i have a 3d printer i can just design one maybe and actually my first thought was i'll go find one online and, and, and you know thingiverse and just go print it mm-hmm. and searching thingiverse there was nothing that really struck my interest because they were either just like short little 10 rounds or kind of quirky looking devices. And so I had the defense distributed AR 15 lower file. And from there, I just stripped everything off. I didn't need designed up a small little proof of concept, printed that woke up the next day. And I was like, this is going to work. And so that was kind of the, the birth of the mag feeder. Well, it didn't have a name at that time, but it just that's where it started and from there it was okay well I want 30 rounds but I don't want to have to buy a bag. That was one of the things that I the one I was about to buy I was like well how do I take it to the match with me? Mm-hmm. It won't fit in my range bag and then I saw that they for another 60 dollars I could buy a bag for it and I was like wait a minute I have to buy bring a range bag a gun bag and a speed loader bag would I look yeah. like a total nerd doing yeah. that cuz yeah. that's ridiculous. It's an accessory. I just wanted to fit in my range bag. Yeah. Um and that's where uh, maybe too many details here, but that's where in the shower I drew the hinge mechanism to make it fold. I'm just on the shower wall in the steam. I'm like, how can I make it fold in half so it,
1: it fits? <laughs> Isn't it crazy and how I the did. best yeah. the best ideas come either in the shower or just as you're about to go to bed.
2: Yeah, you gotta have a notepad by your bed. Oh, Otherwise, you totally do. Crap, what was I, what was I thinking?
1: I know, and I always think I'm like, no, this is such a great idea. I'm gonna remember in the morning, and then the morning comes, and I'm like, I don't even remember it, but I remember yeah. it being an awesome idea. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of that's kind of what inspired the mag feeder, and then what kind of drove it. But really, it stopped there. I printed one for me, and that's all I thought I was doing. I wasn't an entrepreneur at that time. I wasn't. A, a business I was just writing code for a living and coming home and um going to to shooting events competitions
1: so that's um, what you were doing was writing code
2: Yes I was writing code for a living for mobile apps and web hmm. and just coming home being the the dad and the husband and yeah trying to peel off at the end of the day to to do a little bit of I guess gun stuff to yeah. build up my kit I guess
1: and then I'm assuming you took this awesome accessory, the mag feeder to the range to your three gun events. And everybody's like, wait, what do you got there, man? How, can, can I you borrow know, it? And then they're like, hey, can I get me one of, me, one of these?
2: Yeah, I, I showed a friend and he's like, dude, that's cool. Can I show someone at work? And he brought it to work. And that guy was like, well, how much? I want two of them. And I'm like, wait, what? You know, 3D print. So full disclosure, 3D print, hobby grade 3D prints aren't going to last I don't care what material you print in. I've tried it all. It'll still melt on your dashboard. It'll still deform. And and I did. I had one deform in the back seat of my truck. So in the shade. And then once it deforms slightly, you can no longer use it to feed your mag. And so that's where I saw the interest. I knew 3D printing wasn't the end all. And that's when I, you know, I was like, well, I will learn through YouTube how to get this injection molded and and go from there. And that's when I just kind of, picked myself up, learned about patents, learned about injection molding and found a company that wouldn't just blow smoke up at me. Yeah. <laughs> Was a, would, w- would do it. And that's when, that's kind of when it all started right there is getting it injection molded.
3: Nice.
1: Have you ever thought about making one for an AK? Cause I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, you don't, man. right? Cause so the only reason why I ask is I recently like went through all of my stuff and just created a huge pile of stuff that I just don't want. And of that stuff yeah. was the Podovok, uh, speed loaders. And I was like, man, these things are just bulky. You need a bag for them. Like nobody's going to yeah. put this in your freaking range bag. And, and not to mention, they really weren't that easy to use to begin with. Like you really had to like put in some like, you know, elbow grease to like, you know, get it loaded.
2: Yeah. Um, That's so
1: but then I was like looking through all my speed loaders and I ended up actually taking one out. I had a few of them that I gave away, but I ended up taking one and keeping it because I was like, actually, I don't have a speed loader for an AK.
2: Yeah. So I have the prototype and I've given it to a few people to run through its paces. This is the AK mag feeder. Mm-hmm. So it's similar design with the hinge. So it's it's compact, same magnets in it so that the, the parts kind of stay together. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's there, it's in the works. It's just the, the overhead or the the sunk cost on a mold is 40 to $60,000. And so I I don't want to, I don't want to get it molded until I've made sure that it's working with every magazine that I can, I can get. Yeah. And a lot of that too was also the cartridge, just the different shape and angles that it's at the arc that it naturally creates is not advantageous to, to pushing it into a magazine,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so I and I think that's maybe why you've had issues with some that, yeah. that try to try to work with all, as many calibers as they can. Is that just means you're going to get them to bind a little bit more, and it's going to not work as efficiently. And so that's kind of what I've dialed in, and I've got the ninety nine percent finished prototype that I'm just ready to. I actually should just get one over to you one of the prototypes and just say hey run this let me know if all your mags work in it yeah and your feedback because that's kind of what i value right now is is feedback because it helps me not have to like well i paid 60k for that tooling to be done now i have to pay for it again or to get it changed
1: i couldn't even imagine yeah i'm going to take a quick break real quick talk about primary arms Primary arms right now has a huge fall range day sale going on. All kinds of gun parts are on sale: uppers, lowers, parts, kits, magazines. I mean, pretty much every part that you can think of, not only on AR but on a bunch of other guns as well. They also have 20 percent off all apparel right now, concealed carry leggings for the ladies or men, whatever. jackets, range clothes, the works. And as always, if you guys need an optic, remember use the code ava that's a b a and that's going to get you a free scope mount with any primary arms optic that you purchase at primaryarms.com man that is crazy that an injection mold would cost 40 to 60,000 and even for you to like take that leap when you were creating the mag feeder yeah i mean that's got to be like how do you even go home and explain to your wife like listen babe <laughs> we're going to take a little you know little risk here and not to mention like, so I'm sure, you know, a lot of people, it also just goes to show, like when people look at gun parts and they're like, you know, like take Magpul or something, you know, something that's like cheap yeah. plastic. And they're like, this is ridiculous how much I paid for just this little yeah. piece of plastic. But what they don't realize is they're paying for so much more.
2: Yeah.
1: And the whole end game, because I talked to Sven from Man Arms, the end game is ultimately to sell enough so that you pay off that, that mold fee. Yep. And then it finally becomes, you know, lucrative.
2: Yeah. And that's, you know, that's not having the funds, you know, coming home to the wife and saying, Hey, yeah. that was, we're taking out uh, a I loan. Tried, <laughs> I tried, I tried, uh, crowdsource fundraising Yeah, and you know, that none of them, I've learned none of them allow gun related anything. Wow. And then I found one that said they would, but they never relaunched their website. And so I just was like, you know what? I already paid for a crowdfunding video to be made, but at that point it was, I couldn't wait. And so I just, my wife was on board, which was amazing that, I mean, without that, I would have never taken that step. She was like, you know what? I've seen people's reactions. You need to just do this. Yeah. And that's where we did. We did. I took a HELOC out on my house and we uh, funded it through basically a second mortgage. So,
1: dang. That's awesome. That
2: was stressful. That was one of those things like, hey, I got to pay this stinking second mortgage back as soon as I can. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. I can only imagine. What got you into 3D printing?
2: Oh, man, that's that's a good question. I don't know if I can think back and, and figure out what it was. I think when it first started, it first came out when the patent ended and it became readily available to everybody. I was just like enthralled with the thought of being able to like print.
3: Whatever you something. wanted. Yeah.
2: Just the, just the fact that it's, you know, layer by layer and it ends up being 3D in the end. Yeah. So when I when I moved to, to Utah, I, I got this job as a web developer. And they gave me a laptop and it was the exact, exact model that I just bought. And I'm like, well, do you guys mind if I put do personal stuff at home? And they're like, no, go for it. So I sold my personal laptop and that funded my first 3D printer. Wow. And I'm and sure at
3: that time
1: it was probably pretty expensive. Like they've gotten, they've come down yeah. in price, but I mean, initially they were like yeah. ridiculously priced.
2: It was, it was, uh, I, I bought one that I thought I, all the capability I had, the large build volume. And honestly it, it did. It was the only, that was the other part of the mag feeder to getting it to fold in half. It's because I couldn't print the whole thing on a printer. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of it was I wanted it to fit, but I also needed it to be smaller to print it or print it in parts. And so it was It was about this equivalent of that MacBook Pro that I sold. So about 2200 I I believe, I, I paid for my first printer.
0: Hmm.
1: That's actually um, not bad. I was thinking that there were a lot more.
2: Yeah, this one was not it wasn't super early on but it wasn't also the mainstream ones that are out there it was you know three print heads and very large print volume interesting Um, but that was the conversation where the wife was like what are you spending all this money on for and that was like why are you trading a laptop for a 3d printer and you know, (laughs) yeah turns out to have been the best decision could have made (laughs) yeah
1: that's cool Let's talk about some of the accessories that you make for SIGs. And also, why SIGs? Is that just like your go to manufacturer typically?
2: No, that's a good story. So, real quick, I'll try to, I don't know how long you want me to talk. I can probably go off, but I mean, I, I just remember. So, my second pistol, I don't know why I was stuck to Beretta, but I actually went and shot a bunch of micro subcompacts. I shot them all before I decided, but I felt like that Beretta nano was, was a good fit. And looking back and shooting it now, I actually huh. have it right here, but I just, I can't hit anything. I know, with that. Right? It's so snappy. It is just, and so when <gasps> Sig, Sig announced their 365, I was just like, we don't need another snappy little pistol. Who cares? And I just kind of wrote it off. Yeah. And then one day at lunch, lunch break, for my day job, I went over to the range and they said, Hey, for five bucks, you can shoot the new 365 five rounds. So you're pretty much paying a dollar per round just to shoot it. Right. And I did, I shot it and will all five rounds hit the target. And it was, I don't know what the grouping was. And I don't remember how far the target was, but I was blown away at the accuracy in such a small little gun. And that's when I knew I just, I had to get it. And I talked to him about it and saw what, and it comes in it and it, it only came with one pinky extended magazine and one flat one and at that point there was no possibility of ordering another pinky
0: mm-hmm.
2: you could buy the whole mag but you couldn't get just the base plate And that's why between three four weeks on my lunch break i would i would measure the shops 365 i go home that night put the measurements into the computer and print one out, come back a day or two later and test it. And if it didn't fit, I'd adjust another measure. So I did that for three, four weeks until I could find my own and really afford my own. Mm -hmm. And I bought my own and then, yeah, I wanted two pinkies really was where it started. And from there, people would say, hey, I want two flat ones or I want uh, even bigger. I want the grip of the 12 round, but I can't have 12 rounds in my state. Can you Mm -hmm. do that? So a lot of it was just, people reaching out wanting kind of what I wanted two pinkies or yeah whatever their their need was that's kind of the start getting into the sig um, world
1: yeah and then from there so okay you developed the base plates and then what else have you created since
2: so I was developing the base plates and I sketched I measured the frame the put so I have the frame in fusion 360 and I imported a 1913 rail and I noticed that the 1913 rail was nearly the same width as the proprietary rail on the, the little 365. And so I just decided I wanted to put any light I wanted, not a proprietary light mm-hmm. on my 365, my XL. So I did. I created a, a rail for, for each frame size or slide size, I should say, since there's two different links there. And those right now, that XL rail is my biggest seller. I mean, I'm out of stock right now until hopefully 2 o'clock or 4 o'clock today. Those will be back in stock. But those sell so fast.
3: Wow.
1: That's crazy. Um, And that's actually, I mean, a great idea because so many people... Actually, I have quite a few Patreons who have your stuff. And they have your rail adapters. And they like it because they can use normal lights or the Mantis X. Yeah. you know just really cool training aid
2: yeah that was one of the one of the first things i had to put on it i would that mantis x you know down doing some dry fire practice or or Mm -hmm. live fire but yeah
1: and then from there you also recently released a new trigger
2: yes which is
1: for the p365 right
2: Yes, it is. That trigger has been, so far, everyone has been loving it. and It excites me because it was the first drop. I had a hundred of them and I think there's 20 or 30 left. Wow. But there, it's just, I kind of took that flat face trigger and the curve, but put that kind of a kink or I call it a dual flat face trigger. Just, it gives, I don't know. It's a great feel. You got to just feel it.
1: Let's Um, see. I'm going to go on your website because I don't know if I have seen that trigger
2: it's very reminiscent of the archon type b trigger
1: okay okay i get what you're saying
2: before that the actually looks pretty cool so it ends up giving you the uh like a 90 degree break putting yeah. your finger on that lower face yeah so it's kind of forcing your finger on that lower face and if you if you, if you do any you know trigonometry or Anything, you, you know that the lower you pull on the trigger, the less resistance, the, the lighter the trigger pull will feel. And so that's where a lot of people think, oh, this trigger adjusts the, the poundage, where when it doesn't, it just moves your finger lower to feel. So on the 365 and the 320, just changing the trigger shoe doesn't really change the pull unless it moves your finger mm-hmm. there's kits out there that change springs out and things like that to actually adjust to the pull the the poundage but hmm. the shoe is just your finger how your fingers interfacing with that pull mm-hmm.
1: yeah definitely and actually i mean even from an instructor standpoint a lot of times like where my students place their finger on the trigger which you would think would be intuitive kind of but it's not
2: well, and we all have different sized fingers. So yeah. when, it, when it's curved, you really only have one spot. Yeah. Because it's it's curved. It's forcing your finger there. Yeah. Unless you try to pull downward, but then your gun is going to angle yeah. that direction. And exactly. So by, by putting that second face um, versus just a long flat face,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you the long flat face, you can still put your finger higher or lower or in the middle. Whereas the this secondary face or this bend in that face, you really can't put it anywhere else. You're mm-hmm. putting it at a lower point, and you're getting that flat face there. Yeah. At the same time.
3: No, that makes sense, and it
1: actually looks really cool too. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's I like, all I that like, matters. I like right? the look, and I like kind of for some people, <laughs> right? <laughs> No, but it does look cool. I like cool. the look, but I do like the feel. When I first yeah. shot one of my prototypes, I was like, ah, oh, this could be really good. You know, the, the early prototype was a printed in metal, and so it was very rough of a trigger pull. Yeah. But once I got the first uh, CNC'd uh, prototype, I was like, yes, this is money. I want this. Yeah.
1: yeah, Yeah, definitely. I'm going to take another quick break, talk about Iwy. So if you guys are looking for a quality, affordable AR, definitely check out the Zion 15. It's got a bunch of upgrades over like your standard AR, including a free flow M Lock handguard, a stock grip from B5 Systems, 16 inch chrome Molly barrel. You can also get it as a pistol with a 12.5 inch barrel and SBA3 brace from SB Tactical. And they're made right here in the US. IWI's factory is actually in Middletown, Pennsylvania. Both of those, whether it's the pistol or the AR that you go with, both of those have an MSRP of $899, which is pretty freaking great, especially for how much ARs are going for nowadays. And they're like super basic without the upgrades. Don't forget when you're on the website, IWI.us, if you find any accessories that you want, remember to use the code GUNFUNNY15 and that is going to get you 15% off let's talk about some of the stuff that you've done for like the p320 and the flux
2: yeah that was so for 320 started out again kind of similar to the 365 just a lot of base pads where you can interchange the grips but then you have a magazine that sticks out extra far or Mm -hmm. doesn't quite interface with perhaps a wilson combat or one of the other grips out there and so just kind of creating that what I felt I needed I wanted at the time where if I dropped in a compact frame but I have 17 round magazines I wanted to interface there or I guess the new x carry and their their base pads make that frame a little little small so a little little pinky ledge for that and and then comes the flux raider stuff that was more of a, I wanted to support a company that had really cool people. Once I met Ben and Alex and, and them over at, at Flux, I was just like, oh, these are pretty cool guys. You know, I didn't really see a need to get their MP17 they had at the time, but I wanted to support them. So I, I, I ordered one, even though they were hard to get. So mm-hmm. I ordered one, got it. And once I got it, I was just like, dude, this is like the perfect little Package, yeah, and and I just fell in love with it. I didn't know I wanted it. I thought it was a, a, you know, it had a market, but it was a very small market. But having tried it, I fell in love with it, and, so, and then then launched the Raider, and it was just a, an overall improvement all around. And that's when I was like, hey, I kind of want to be able to rack my slide easier, mm-hmm. and that's when I I started prototyping a. A charging handle for the 320 slide that you would put on on the Flux uh, Raider, and and that's kind of fun. I love prototyping. That's kind of my 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 joy is just prototyping, trying stuff out, finding what works. As far as that, the the design on the what I call the rip stick, it started just as a peg so that it could be ambidextrous. ambid I can't say that word. Ambi. Let's yeah. just say ambi. Ambidextrous. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it would be ambi but then once i shot it with with a with a suppressor on it i was like wow like it's really hot up there yeah and so i I put a little drop an offset on there so about an inch and a half drop and then also while i was shooting suppress this is why i love prototype finding out that's where the design of parts comes from so i'm shooting and it doesn't go into battery because that happens sometimes you got to get the right screen combination with the right right ammo you know if your ammo's not yeah not quite right you're just you just you're gonna get it to not go into battery and on the raider you can't really you know bump the back of the slide to get it into battery because there's the optic shroud right there and that's when the whole design of the handle changed to have a forward curve to it so while you while it curves your finger to rack it back it also curves forward on the back side so you could Slam it forward to seat your slide or to, to put it into battery,
1: yeah, I'm actually looking at it right now. This thing looks really cool, and even the one for the charging handle for the p three twenty actually is like something really like innovative that is yeah I mean that's definitely something you I've never seen before
2: yeah that's uh the so the ripstick is that the side left and right yeah. It's off to the side. I like that because it it, it is out of your line of sight.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And then the top charging handle, which is currently in development, was it was actually kind of a joke. I was at the range shooting with with the guys at Flux, showing them the side charging, and and Ben was just like, I don't know which side I would run it on because the way he likes to rack his slide, you know, that his... His manual of arms is this different, and so he wanted to be able to still put his thumb over the slide mm-hmm. but get a little bit more, I guess, certainty that he was grabbing and racking. And so I was like, what about a top charging like an Uzi? And so that's when we just I prototyped the top, and from there it kept growing. It Actually, people were like, yeah, I'll take one. And in, de- in development, you know, got to go hammer it out and really just beat it up now. It's- hmm. So I couldn't you, say how long, but
1: you know what I'm thinking though, with the ripstick, the one that's on the side, yeah, uh, I would actually almost think that this would be almost good for, let's say like a home defense gun. I don't know if you really want to like carry this gun, obviously holster, it would, you know, probably create some issues and get snagged on things. But what comes to mind is like, let's say you're in a self-defense situation and you have to clear a malfunction and yeah. somebody just shot your non-dominant hand. And now mm-hmm. it's really hard to rack that slide back. Yeah, this would actually be yep. pretty cool to use, just because you can clear a malfunction with one hand.
2: Yeah, that's uh, I one of those videos I've made in my mind and haven't created yet. It's just that marketing video of how easy it is to rack it. You know, yeah, I mean, you can rack mean, you it could use it on a table. You can rack it on table. You yeah. can rack it on the side of a wall. You can rack it on exactly. Anything really. I, I mean, I've even thought of, you know, going the uh, sex sales route and rack it on the bra strap and then it snaps the bra strap, but then cuts away at that second, you know, just being silly as yeah. far as creating a marketing video, but I, you know, I don't actually pay for marketing. So I don't, yeah. I just like to design stuff. So. Yeah.
1: But this is. I mean, but this yeah, actually is, is really cool. Like that's, that's actually what comes, I mean, it, it would work really well with the flux obviously. And I haven't really gotten my hands on one. I've only seen it, but so I like the concept for that, but I also like it for just the fact that it, you know, for a self-defense situation, like this yeah. would also be really cool.
2: Yeah. And I think that top one might might be the same. Seeing yeah. that even just on a standard pistol, on a standard 320, putting that top one on, it fits within the profile of the slide. Yeah, it's not quite holsterable with that on there, mm-hmm. but it's gonna give you that ability to simply rack on it or actually anything.
1: What if you also made one in the back that connected to the back plate,
2: the which back I've plate seen in the back site. There, yeah. There's a lot of those in the, in the competition shooting world where yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll take like a 1911 and just put a side charger in the back slot back site. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I don't know.
1: But yeah, definitely really cool. Let's see. Do you have any like designs that you can share with us or any future plans?
2: Um, we've talked about the AK mag feeder, got a few hand stops on my desk right now. So we've got a hand stop. I don't think I've even shared this on social media yet. A few hand stop designs to, you know, connect to any key mod M lock or 1913 rail.
1: And the hand stop is what again?
2: So basically not a vertical grip. It's, it's just going to Keep your hand from sliding down on AR-15 rail. Oh, gotcha. Okay. AK rail. So yeah, hand stop forward. Not a vertical grip because it is not intended to be gripped. And so it's it's kind of created out of a need. I I've got two two, three, four pistol rifles. So pistol, uh, some of them are pistol caliber, some of them are just SBR, but they're not. They've got a brace, so they're pistols technically. But I want something up front that hasn't fit, filled the need yet. And so I just designed something up and I'm running it and pass it to a few people to, to feel out. Nice. So that's that's in the the works. Got a little uh, internal cable routing in those two so that if you have a light on your short rail or something, you can run it through the handguard and it can uh, tie it down at the same time. Um. Then uh, a MCX mag flare because no one makes one yet, and so I just I got an MCX and I wanted to put a mag flare on it.
0: Hmm.
1: That's really cool. I like I I, I like I really like everything that you're doing, and I love that. You know, it's kind of very very similar to Manicore. He like looks at guns. Manicor. Yeah, Manicore arms. He looks at guns mostly. He deals with like bullpups and stuff. And, you know, and kind of just sees like where things could use improvements and then he just designs it, whether it's like a safety lever or, you know, just something that it's almost like, you know, it's just like a slight nuance for the customer or something that hasn't been, you know, created yet. And you're just like, well, you know, it's just little, it's like comfort products is what I call them. Yeah. But yeah, I really, I really like all that. So I got to ask, so are you now doing this full-time or are you still coding as well?
2: So I want to say exactly a year ago, I almost think it might be to the week to the day I quit my full-time job. Nice. So it's been a year and I have not regretted it. I feel the first few weeks I'm like, wait, am I supposed to be working? Right. Because this does not feel like work. Yeah. I get to design gun accessories all day. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. I'm glad it's working out and I'm glad that you took that leap of faith and, you know, paid for the, that mold.
2: (laughs) There were a lot of leaps of faith. I mean, even just quitting a secure job where you have a Mm -hmm. paycheck and you have insurance and yeah. Yeah. I I actually had a little whiteboard uh, and I had a little number in the corner and it, you know, no one would know what that number was, but I knew that was my what I had to hit on my website to, to make a day to overcome and quit my day job.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I hear you.
1: I know being, so I've been self-employed now for eight years and now it's like one of those things where I don't even think twice about it. It Just, I was like, Ooh, why would you work for somebody? You know, I, I like, I mean, I would never do it again. And I'm, I'm such a, I have such an entrepreneurial mindset that even if I wasn't in the gun industry, I'd come up with something else, but
2: yeah. And that's,
1: but it is scary initially. And I remember when I quit my job, my last job was working for the New York Yankees when I lived in New York city. And I just remember thinking like, it's so weird not sitting at a desk all day. And now, oh my God, I would probably be in so much pain if I had to sit at a desk. Like I I just, I don't think I could do it. I would.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And that's, I I believe there's, I've learned, I've always thought like, wow, how can you just and I don't want to offend anyone, but I've seen people that are like, yeah, oh yeah, I've been here for 25 years. And I'm like, how can you do that? Yeah. But I've since learned that there's just, there's different, there's different personalities. And I've always been like, after two years at a job, I get just so stale and bored. Yeah. That's how I am as well. And, and so it it was just like calling me like, Hey, you need to do your own thing.
1: Yeah. And I think that you're absolutely right. There's definitely different personalities. Like there's, you know, same with like there's leaders and there's followers and the world needs both. We can't all yes. just, you know, yes. set out. And so, it, you know, and I'm not discrediting anybody who actually no. is that type that has been working at a job for like 25, 30 years. Yeah. And, you know, the only thing is, is I hope that the employer truly appreciates you and you're being treated yes. the way that you should. And then also, as far as like, even, you know, all of my work experience, like, I don't think that you should just right out of college, like create your own job. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can, Hey, if you do more power to you, but there was a lot of experience that I gained and, and even working for minimum wage, like everyone's complaining that minimum wage is, you know, crap, but I'm like, it's an entry level job. You build skills and then you get better jobs. And if you don't understand that concept, then I don't know what to tell you because you're not supposed to be at that job forever. You're supposed to gain Okay. What was your first job? My first job was a hostess and first I got job. fired. I actually got fired hey. from a lot of my first couple jobs.
2: <laughs> All right. My first job was Walmart. Oh, dang. And I got fired from Walmart. I am not worthy <laughs> of working at Walmart.
3: <laughs> yeah, I got
1: fired at this restaurant that I actually went to the other day. It's been, It's still around. And it was like this hole in the wall. And now it's like, it's still kind of a hole in the wall, but it's, it's like, the hipster place to go because it's kind of a Mm, hole in the wall and they offer like (laughs) homemade everything, which I'm like, I don't think it's all homemade anymore. But I was talking to somebody there and I was like, you know, I used to work here and I got fired.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I agree that that experience you gain, especially early on, is just so valuable.
1: Oh yeah. And then even working for the New York Yankees, which I hated, but it gave me yeah. such, you know, such a perspective into the legal and finance side of, you know, yeah. my degrees in English and communications. So just gaining all this experience in different sectors and then taking that and creating something that's your own. But I mean, there is something to be said about gaining that experience. So I'm definitely not, I'm not saying that everybody should go out and become an entrepreneur. And, and some yeah. people, it's also one of those things where I always thought that everybody had like a business mindset. And I can thank my parents because they, you know, I was born where my parents were self-employed and I gained a lot of knowledge from them. And I always just kind of thought that everybody had that, but they don't. And even, I mean, hell, even like finances, like there's things in school that should be taught, like how to do your taxes, how to manage your finances. Like, I remember my mom telling me when I was a kid that, you know, what you make in a week should cover all of your bills. And I was like, what? That's insane, you know, (laughs) but you know, because she was so like strict and taught my sister and I like excellent, you know, financial, I don't know, just decision-making like, you know, both my sister and I, and I don't get along with my sister, but I can say like, we're both doing very well financially. We make really good financial decisions and I have my mom to thank for that, but that's
2: stuff that they don't teach you in school and they should. Nope. They don't have finance classes in school. No. I mean, just,
1: just, Hey you take out a credit card. It's not free money. You have to pay it back. (laughs) Like it's, you know, it's pretty simple, but a lot of people don't grasp that either.
2: Yeah.
1: All right. So I'm going off on another rant, but (laughs) nothing, you know, talking about, well, it's, you know, it's also just right now in the world that we live in and everyone's hiring and no one wants to work and they're all like, well, it's because it's minimum wage and it's like, well, it's minimum wage for a reason. It's literally because you don't, you probably don't have very many skills. And yeah. then as you graduate, you know, you get better jobs. But
2: yeah, and my, my wife was just saying how all these signs out for, you know, it's like you can work at burger restaurants for more than she got paid to work oh, at a I know. restaurant. Freaking, I'm like, what? Yeah. So in and an out.
1: hour, in and out is paying $16 an hour.
2: Oh, man. And my wife worked at Claim Jumper in the kitchen for less.
1: Yeah, I know. I was like, where the hell were these jobs when I was a kid? Yeah. Yeah, sixteen dollars yeah. an hour for, uh, yeah, it's just insane. It's, uh, I mean, there's definitely some pretty good paying entry level jobs out there, but yeah. Okay, so you were actually really generous to give me a code to give to listeners, and that code is GunFunny10, and I'm assuming that gets them ten percent off.
2: Yep.
3: Okay.
1: Awesome. And, and,
2: I, and I have that little op most product, so. Okay. We have a good set of products on, on our website that we don't actually make anything off, so we don't really give discounts on those Okay, because it's it's made by a third party and they ship it directly to you because it's very a, a niche product that maybe a customer once asked for, but lots of customers want. And so um, until we can sell enough of them to order those in a, in a larger batch, we can't really offer discounts because we don't make any money on it. But most products, so everything besides the the smaller products that are on there. So
1: awesome. And, and then your website is tactical.dev.
2: Yes. And
1: it's also in the show notes. So if anybody, you know, has problems finding it. And then you're also on social media. What is like your Instagram and Facebook handle and all that good stuff?
2: So it is all tactical.dev. Everything is. So even the email tactical.dev the website is tactical.dev instagram is at tactical.dev same with facebook try to just keep it all under that
1: okay cool yeah guys definitely go and check him out on social media give him a follow Uh, you're definitely creating some awesome products so keep up the good work all right moving forward with the rest of the show Caldwell. So if you're in a long range shooting, one of the things that you need to know is your muzzle velocity. Caldwell definitely made it easier. They have three different chronographs to choose from. They measure within 0.25% can connect to your phone to collect the data, calculate standard deviation, min, max, and velocity spread, which if you're developing a load, helps you to determine the most consistent load for your rifle. Also, right now, any purchase over $200 gets you a free 66% steal IPSC target. And remember, if it's your first order, use the code GUNFUNNY10, and that's going to get you 10% off, and that is at CaldwellShooting.com. Today in politics.
2: Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political
0: AF.
1: I don't know if you've heard it's been going around that, you know, politicians, if you have more than like $600 in your bank account, they want to, you know, have access and see, you know, exactly what transactions you're making and stuff like that. Did you hear about that?
2: I did not. But all I can think is this has got to be a joke.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you would think. I know. It's like, talk about overreach. Like we were actually Uh, talking, we were talking about like before the show started. And I was like, oh, do you have kids? And you were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, well, sorry. I was like, I don't have kids. And I'm like, thank God the world's going to crap. And we were saying how, you know, I mean, every generation pretty much just says that like, oh gosh, this world is just going to crap. And it's like, maybe the older generations, it was more because like, they're like the music, the music sucks. It's horrible. It's just ratchet, you know, whatever. And I'm like, man, the music is the least of our worries now. Like, everything our government is so screwed up the it's total overreach like i'm literally questioning every day i'm like is do we live in america where it's like you know freedom rings like i'm like i'm starting to think our freedom is constantly being taken we still have freedom i'm not saying we live in some you know communist country but it's getting close anyways recently senator ed markey from massachusetts and Congresswoman. Madeline Dean and Jennifer Wexton introduced the Gun Violence Prevention Through Financial Intelligence Act. The legislation comes after news that the provision of the spending bill that would allow the government to snoop on anyone's bank account with more than $600 in it, which would seem as a convenient threshold to be able to to snoop on anyone purchasing firearms like $600. Yeah, like
2: everyone. Yeah,
1: (laughs) This bill would require the Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network to provide guidance to banks in order for them to report suspicious financial activity. Senator Markey said we cannot allow banks and financial institutions to turn a blind eye as shooters bank a pile of guns and ammunition in a lead up to an attack. No definition on what constitutes, you know, quote unquote, suspicious financial activity is given. The number of guns or amount of ammunition that would trigger this fine on your purchase So far, I mean, there's some good news. The bill hasn't really gone anywhere yet, but definitely keep an eye out. But it's like, it makes me want to like pull all my money out of the bank and just, I mean, it sucks because nowadays it's like, well, one, I hate that. I feel like I'm treated like a criminal because I'm in the firearms industry. Yeah. But it also, and I've had banks, you know, like Chase Bank, they just dropped me like with no notice. They just dropped me. Because they, you know, they heard that I had my FFL, they got wind that I had my FFL and I do, do gun transactions. But it's just one of those things where I'm like, I just feel like pulling out all of my money and just like buying, I don't know, another house or something. Something that's tangible. Bullets. Yeah, something. <laughs> bullets. I know. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, then. No,
2: this. Red flag without, <laughs> without that definition of a suspicious activity, I mean.
3: It could be they anything. They just do
2: whatever they want. So I, I just I can't I can't imagine these people like they're serious. I I just I don't know. I, and I, so I also I can get I can get on, can get on gover- government overreach and just be like we're kind of letting it happen though, aren't we? Oh, I know, I know, because nobody's they're really supposed speaking to be up. Elected officials.
1: Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people aren't voting, or if they are, you know, I mean, actually, the election results uh, just last week were pretty good. I think mean, people are opening up their eyes a little bit, but I mean, still it's like, it's, you know, people need to speak up and they need yeah. to stop complying. I mean, same thing with vaccine mandates, you know, and I'm sorry if you guys agree oh, with it, but I think that people should have a choice and, oh, you know, yeah. and it's like, you know, I mean, the airlines like Southwest, like they spoke up and I'm thankful for it, but yeah. then it's like weird because then I think it was, Delta or American airlines that like a week later did the same thing, the vaccine mandates. And, and it's like, you think that they would learn because uh, from what I read, I think Southwest, they lost like 75 million in sales or something because of that.
2: Yeah. But I'm
1: like, if people could just continue to do that and stop complying, stop like, you know, well, my, you're you're free as
2: long as you do what we tell you to do.
1: Exactly. And it's, it's like ridiculous.
2: Let's let's wake up and
1: and I'm not saying that, you know, COVID doesn't exist. I'm sure, you know, I mean, I personally haven't lost anybody to it. I know tons of people that have had it, and they all said that if they didn't get tested, they wouldn't even have known. It was more like allergies. But I'm sure yeah. if you have underlying conditions, you know, just like if you were to get the flu, like, yeah, it's yeah. going to make you sick and could potentially kill you. But there's just so much more to it, Ben.
2: Yeah, that's where we need to just let those that need to wear a mask and need to yeah. get the, the shot. Let them do it, but that's their choice. They have issues with that. They need to then do it. Wear a mask, do it. We don't, I'm not gonna make fun of anybody, but don't, I know. don't, don't harass me because I don't see a point in getting the vaccine. Yeah. Um,
1: Well, and plus I I don't even like, I'm rarely even around people. I don't like people.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I I stay home as much as I can. And I I haven't been sick in like three years. I did visit family and my sister blew up at me for not getting the vaccine. Yeah. You're I mean, actually like using, sorry, I don't like using the word vaccine, the shot. Cause it's not, yeah. it's,
3: it's not a yeah. vaccine. Man. Yeah.
2: If it was a vaccine, you wouldn't get it two weeks later and give it to other people. Oh, so, I know.
3: I know.
1: That's another so, thing is I know so many so, people that got the vaccine and then months later got freaking COVID.
2: So I'm like, and and that's what I don't get. If you, if you get the shot, how are you
1: still getting it
2: still? And you can still pass Mm-hmm. Covid to others and get Covid. Yeah, what like is it what is actually it doing? doing? Yeah, for you, it's get it's making it so you get Covid less severe. Great, that's a personal decision at that point because it's not helping the society. It's not reducing its spread. It's not reducing anything. Yeah, other than you're getting it less severe, you personally. So stop forcing it on people because it's not re- it's not reducing anything else.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean that's agree. just
2: the facts. My my dad got the shot. He got it, I think three months later at my house and passed it to everyone in my neighborhood. Oh my gosh. And we don't we no one cared. Yeah. No one's mad at him. Yeah. But you can't say get the shot because guess what? He had it and still passed it and still got it. So as a society, getting the shot does not help anyone mm-hmm. but yourself. But yourself. Yeah. And possibly the load at the hospital, which I don't think is busy anymore because they've learned that it's not really an issue. Well, I think it depends on what news source.
1: Yeah. It depends on what news source you hear from because like my local news source, which Colorado is pretty much now turned over. They were saying that hospital beds are like, you know, there's, there's been the highest amount of deaths. It's now higher than it was last year, which was last year was the highest amount and but again, I'm like, cool. But last year we also had mask mandates and stuff. And and so I was like, well, obviously masks weren't working and now we don't have any of that or, you yeah. know, I don't know. It's just so weird. But yeah. yeah, guys, all I have to say is like, please, you know, I know, I know your job probably means a lot to you, but I'm like, if everyone just stops complying, maybe they'll stop making it a requirement.
2: Yeah. And that's where I, we talk, I talk about government overreach and our power we we're electing these people and we're letting them dictate. So it's, it's not just about it's a mandate and we're going to do it so we can keep our job. It's more than our job. We have to actually stand up for our freedoms and keep them. Otherwise they're just going to keep taking it.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. All right. Time to actually talk about Manicor arms. Actually, this is the first thing that Sven has made that involves a pistol, which is like kind of weird. And I didn't even hear about this coming until I saw an advertisement for it. And I was like, what? I was like, Sven, I didn't even know you made this. So he just, if you guys have the IWI Masada pistol, Manicore Arms just released an upgrade that you should definitely check out. It's the stainless steel guide rod for the Masada. It's a captured spring recoil rod to replace the stock plastic guide rod. It comes with an 18 pound flat spring pre-installed, which is designed to reduce felt recoil and muzzle flip. It's only $24.99, but obviously, you know, you're not going to pay that because you'll use the code AVAROCKS15, all one word, and you're going to get 15% off. So that's pretty cool. I definitely need to get one because I have the Masada. And although I thought the Masada actually shot really well, if this actually is going to even like make it shoot even better, then I'm like, Hey, sign me up. Yeah. All right. Today's question, and actually nobody submitted this question. I submitted it (laughs) because I would like to talk about it, which I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing about it. And I already know you guys, if you've been listening, you know what I'm going to talk about. And it's my freaking house, but I have good news. my house is, it's not completely done. It still needs a few things touched up, which I'm just going to have my friend do because I just do not want these freaking contractors in my house. I changed locks, codes, everything. They have no way of getting back in my house. I'm done with them. I don't care if I never see them again in my life. In fact, I hope I never see them again in my life, but I did do a thorough clean. I've actually, I've like mopped my floors like five times in like the last two days. It's been, it's been pretty freaking crazy, but that's just, you know, when somebody's in your house and you haven't been there and it just doesn't feel like your house anymore. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but it just did not feel like my house. Like, and it just felt like everyone else had their, you know, stuff. And yep. and I'm also a germaphobe and OCD. So it just felt like everyone's like, you know, and it was dusty. And yeah, so I, I spent the last two days cleaning. Last night was the first night that I slept in my own
2: bed, which just Did seemed, you sleep good.
1: I actually didn't. It seemed weird. <laughs> I, you I know, just
2: feel like if I moved back, I would be like, oh, man. Is it gonna flood again? Is something gonna happen? Oh, right. I would, not, <laughs> I would not sleep good the next, the first night back.
1: Well, I did put sensors on my hot water heater, so if oh, there nice. is, yeah. So next time if this ever happens, you which,
2: got to get the uh, hot water heater sensor company to sponsor you because I might right? have to go get them too now.
1: Yeah. So apparently you can put it on the hot water heater. There's like water sensors that you set up. And it'll alert you. And but then again, your hot water heater probably isn't on the second floor like my house is.
2: No, it's not. Yeah, first floor.
1: Yeah, so basement.
2: Basement. Yeah,
1: so you you lucked out. I don't know who designed my house, but whoever designed it thought it'd be a good idea to put on the second
2: floor. Speaking of like changing the locks, I ended up putting like those smart locks, so I can like assign a code to the contractor because we're kind of doing the same thing. We finished our basement and backyard. I don't want them to have access anytime, so I can I can send them a code. This four digits gets you in from, you know, 3 or from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Yeah. And then I, I can turn it off at any time, too.
1: I actually have that as well. I didn't know how to. Oh,
2: so nice. So nice.
1: It is. I didn't know how to change it. So initially, the first couple of days, I just took the batteries out because I was like, okay, well, until <laughs> I get help. Because I didn't even know how to change my code. Well, <laughs> but, well call me up next
2: time. We'll we'll hash go it out through it. And, like, yeah, the, the,
1: I'm just hoping that I never have another contractor in my house. Like I don't care, yeah. and I've learned how to do so much. Like there's still one little area where when they put the tub in, they had to cut some of the wall out to connect yeah. the tub. So I have to put up new drywall. I'm gonna do it myself. Like I've been watching these freaking yeah. jerks for so long that I know how to do so much now that I'm like, I'm yeah. not having them come back to do that. I don't care. It's a little, YouTube. little area. And well, at this point I know, cause I've been watching them. So yeah. I'm just going to do it myself. I don't care. Like, so I
2: got to that point where I, I learned, I just have to figure out how to be okay with it not being right. Yeah. Or I have to just do it, fix yeah. it myself. But yeah. yes, I, I, I understand that the, the, the trades do not, there's no pride in their work anymore. No one, I know. they're just there for the money and they're gone.
1: And so, you know, what would really get on my nerves though, is the people that I had, they would bring their kids to work with them or they'd go to, you know, they'd go pick them up from school, bring them back. And their kids are like sitting on my couch, watching TV, eating (laughs) on my couch. And I'm just like, what the hell? Like, is this not my house anymore? I ended up cleaning my couch so freaking well. I washed all the cushion covers. I was so freaking grossed out because I don't have kids. Like, if I had kids, maybe I'd be like, meh, whatever. But I have, like, nice, like, stuff that's not stained. It's not, like, and kids are just little germ, like, magnets with dirty hands. And then they'd go and, you know, like, play outside, like, messing up my yard and come back in, sit on my couch. Whereas, like, me, anytime I leave my house, I come back, shower, change into different clothes before I sit on my on my. Furniture, which I'm sure everyone's thinking, "Wow, Ava, you're a whack job," and I probably am. Yeah, <laughs> but that's how so much I, of a. I, I
2: don't know if I'm, I'm. I don't know if I'm that bad. Yeah, but I, I. I'm not comfortable at any hotel ever.
1: Yeah, me neither. I, I, t- I just
2: can't like. Like regardless first time of in the bed, how nice it like, is. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So what I do is I always take a sleep shirt and I put it on the pillow and I sleep with ah. the sleep shirt because I don't want to sleep on the actual pillowcase. It's, yeah, it's really bad. I actually probably should see a doctor about it because it's probably <laughs> affecting my life more than I know, but <laughs> it is what it is. All right, today in Tacty Talk
0: Tacty Talk discussing popular guns and gear. Love it, hate it, find out now.
1: An MP5 for everyone. Uh, when I had Bill on from HK, he actually, it was right when they announced the MP5, but it's 22. And so this is definitely one of those MP5s that everyone could afford. In fact, yesterday I looked it up. I was like, I wonder what MSRP is on this. So whether you get the pistol or the rifle variant, they're all $495, which is the MSRP. They come with, well, actually the 25 round mags are 35 So definitely a lot more affordable than your normal MP5. The rifle version has a fake suppressor, while the pistol version has a tri-lug adapter and a half by 28 thread for attaching a suppressor. They're actually fairly heavy, around seven pounds, which is pretty heavy for a 22, but I kind of like that because it'll feel a little bit more authentic. And then of course, because it's 22, it's a blowback action rather than a roller lock. But one thing that came up is, uh, so the Gundy's this year. So if you guys haven't heard of it, it's essentially like an award ceremony for the gun industry, people get nominated, or I think you can nominate yourself as well. And I don't even know how they're doing it this year, but they did give me a call and they told me what category they were going to put me in, which is uh, most influential female of the year and best instructor. I don't really think I'll win either because there's a lot of awesome people like already in that category, but, um, I did get chosen to do this fun thing that HK is doing with the Gundy. So they picked 10 to 15 people and they get to choose an mp 522 I'm going to do the pistol version because I figured I would put like one of the SB tactical braces on it and then put an actual suppressor on it. And they want you to create a, not a funny video. They want you to create a video reenacting Die Hard, something with John McClane. And Ooh, then fun. the best video gets, you know, the videos get voted on and best video will be announced at the Gundy's in the ceremony in February. So now I'm like, okay, what can I do? So yeah. I was, I was picked to do one of the videos. Yeah. Now I'm like, Hmm, what could I do that would give me an edge on everyone else that could either be like scary, funny. Yeah,
2: It's time to call in all of the favors. Yeah. No kidding. So as many people in there as you can.
1: Well, anyone who is listening, who's creative, if you guys have any good ideas as to what I should do, definitely lend, you know, lend your, uh, your advice because I'm kind of just like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And then I'm like, do I involve tickles? You know, my dog, which I also got them to put tickles in a category, uh, for the Gundy's because I was like, man, tickles needs to start earning money and like, you know, kind of
2: make, make your dog work for you.
1: Yeah. No kidding. I'm like, she's cute (laughs) enough. And she's, you know, she's semi-smart. I mean, she has, she's not super smart, but she's pretty smart for the size of her brain. Like figure, you know, she's four pounds. She has like a little walnut size brain. So she's pretty smart considering the size of her brain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So guys, if you have any ideas, let me know. But in the meantime, if you want to check out the new HK, it's on their website. And like I said, they have a pistol and a rifle variant. And actually it's not HK that's making it. It's Umarex. They're actually manufacturing Umeric. them. Yeah. I think it's called U- Umerics. Or not a, I, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. But they're the ones that are making it and then HK is selling it.
2: It's cool. I'm looking at it. I want one. I know. Two.
1: I know. Me too. I was like, why do we have to choose between the rifle or the pistol? At first I was like, definitely the rifle. It looks pretty cool. But then I was like, man, let's go with the pistol and actually make it, you know. Yeah. Screw the the fake oh, suppressor, put on a real
2: okay. suppressor. So wait, 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 is that rifle one? Is that actually a rifle?
1: It is a rifle, yeah.
2: That barrel goes all the way to the end?
1: Uh, The suppressor's on it. There should so, be, there's a fake suppressor, but yeah. I believe, yeah, I mean, it must be, the barrel length must be rifle. Okay. Rifle. So you don't, you know, you don't, the you don't have
2: to, like, you don't have to SBR it. No. Or you do, okay. No, you all wouldn't. Right. Where's the order now button?
1: <laughs> uh, right. No kidding. I know. And then MSRP is like 480. So that's not like street I mean, price. Street price you think is probably like 430.
2: And this is out yet? Or no? Yeah. Yeah, it's out. I'm looking for a buy button here. I mean, you right? sold me.
1: I know. I know. They're definitely just, really just cool. to
2: be able to just to be able to to, to slap it and just. I know. Do the. Uh...
1: <laughs> I know. Right. All right. GSM outdoors. Walkers. One of the things that you definitely need to do is protect your hearing. You definitely don't want to lose your hearing, even from just like being alert. Like being alert, I think would prevent you from, you know, and being able to hear and see everything around you definitely prevents you from like any possible encounter from happening, like a self defense situation. So definitely protect your hearing. I know a lot of people want to be like badass and be like, I don't need hearing protection. And, you know, you should. I mean, actually, I don't wear hearing protection when I mow my lawn, which I guess is one of the reasons why people lose their hearing. <laughs> but yeah. uh, usually it's hot outside and I don't really I don't know. But anyway, so Walkers has you covered with a ton of different options. They have passive as well as electronic. The electronic ones are great because they let you hear what's going on around you, which is essential for like instructors on the range. But it also cancels out that loud noise. A bunch of them come with Bluetooth, so you can connect your phone and listen to music, especially if you're using them while working, such as mowing your lawn. And then they also have ones with built-in two-way radios, which are great for communicating with other range officers on the range, especially like during a match or if you're operating machinery with others. You can check all those out at walkersgameear.com. And remember to use the code gunfunny20, and that is going to get you 20% off all of the GSM brands. Today in the AF segment.
0: Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome as. F- Never mind. AF.
1: NBC calls Secret Service over a meme. I'm sure you've heard of the, you know, Let's Go Brandon memes. You've seen them. Yeah. Okay. So it all started at a NASCAR race where the crowd was chanting F Joe Biden. After the race, which has been happening at games across the country now for a few, well, like several weeks, NBC reporter Kelly Stavast, hopefully I'm saying her name right, was interviewing the winner, Brandon Brown, and tried to make it out that the crowd was chanting, let's go, Brandon, which was clearly not true. Obviously, it immediately went viral because it was just so absurd. Now, I mean, it's gone viral. So four out of the 10 top 10 songs on the charts are now let's go, Brandon songs. Tons of shirts and other merchandise have been selling, you know, with this slogan. Palmetto State Armory and their engraver were quick to release a Let's Go-15 Brandon AR lower with a checkered flag and Biden holding both arms out. The three position, the safe fire auto, are replaced with, excuse my language, fuck, Joe and then Biden. (laughs) Kel uh, Delanian also from NBC, found out about the AR Lower as well as AR Mags from Cold Pepper Tactical and My Southern Tactical and wrote an article criticizing them for it. He also called the secret service since he considers it a security threat. NBC is responsible for the birth of the meme, and then they're obviously calling it a security threat. Portrayal of the assassination of the previous president was, of course, you know, perfectly acceptable to NBC. But a meme lower is obviously worth calling Secret Service about, which is pretty stupid. I wonder what Secret Service did. I don't think they did anything.
2: Yeah, that's silly. I mean, what are you? I mean, they're not saying.
1: Although, you know to what? Harm
2: him. There I mean, was. This is-
1: yeah, so there was a range locally here when O'Biden was the president, and they had O'Biden targets, like with O'Biden's face on it. And Secret Service actually showed up. And that maybe I could understand because it's like implementing violence yeah. towards a president. But this is like this
2: this is this is people seeing that the media is willing to obviously skew the mm-hmm. truth mm-hmm. and running with it. Yeah. It's that's that's half of the message. The other half of the message is what are you doing, yeah. old goofy person that I know.
1: Yeah. That's another thing that like nowadays, like maybe back in the day the I feel like our news sources used to be a little bit more credible. I'm sure that there was, there's always been that slant, you know, of, you know, that hidden agenda. But like, now it's like, you get totally different stories depending on, you know, what news, you know, you're, you're taking in. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like nobody really reports the truth anymore. And that's on both sides.
2: According to them.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, like I said, that's on both sides. Like I, I've gotten to the point where I'm very like in the middle, like I don't really, I think they're both just extreme, the right and the left.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's like, unfortunate that there's not more people in the middle. And like, this is another thing we talked about is like, you know, or if we see, you know, we can't even have like a realistic conversation with these people because it's like, everyone's so extreme in their ways. And it's like, I feel like more than ever, our country is
3: divided.
2: Yeah. That's kind of what I was I was saying earlier. Before it's just we we're so set on being right that we're giving up so much to to side with our side. Yeah, in anything, whether it's you're choosing Glock versus Sig or you're choosing a politician to support, none of them are are right. Yeah, a hundred percent. But it, we're so unwilling to to let go of anything that no one will see eye to eye because no one will come to the middle and meet in the middle. Um, I actually had my my wife on a card ride and not too long ago, she's, we're just chatting. She says, well, if you could have three wishes, what would they be? And one of them was the power to make both sides see where the other side is coming from so that we could actually come to resolutions and we can actually solve problems. I mean, right now, it's just you take gun control. You know, one side wants to just take everything away. And the other one, the other side just wants to give everyone a gun, which also isn't the answer. And so if if we could just, if each side could just see the other side, we could come and solve the issue, which no one will admit what the real issue is because no one is is ready to get off their soapbox. and. hmm and, and walk the mile in the other person's shoe to, to meet them. Yeah, I Choose. agree.
3: Yeah.
1: I know, it's definitely unfortunate. There's definitely just a lack of communication. I feel like with proper communication, a lot of things can, you know, be hashed out. Yeah. All right, well, it is time to do the iTunes review. Brad, you're going to pick a winner, either the first or the second review, so listen closely. First review is Scooby-Doo Goon. Titled so much information, five stars. Thank you for bringing so much information to a podcast that is fun to listen to and easy to follow. Not only have I learned about guns, but also the political side of two way attacks and arguments. Great interviews, great people, great information, even better dog and quotations tickles. Next is RKBLPN gf 217 Palm Trees in Minnesota. Absolutely love this episode. This podcast is our go to for car trips. Out of those two, who do you think should win?
2: Um, Like, which one's a better review? Yeah. just picking one.
3: Yeah, you
1: got to
2: pick one. I, you kind of sold me on Scooby-Doo Goon. The name is great. <laughs> Scooby-Doo.
1: All right. So Scooby-Doo Goon, contact me at gunfunny.com. Click on the Contact Us form and send me an address. And I'm actually, I'm going to do, once again, I'm going to send out a lockdown secure puck which is like a hundred and twenty dollar value it goes in your safe or really anywhere it could go in your like your dresser drawer and it basically measures like humidity temperature but the best thing in my opinion is it alerts your phone if there's any movement so if somebody's trying to get into your safe or you know somewhere where you have like valuables it'll alert you and and let you know right away and now yeah. it's time to wrap up again. You guys can find me at gunfunny.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all of that good stuff. If you want to leave a review, just head on over to iTunes. If you have an Apple phone, actually, it's really easy. Click on the podcast app and then just search for Gunfunny. And then at the bottom, scroll down. You'll see where you can leave a review. If you want to become a patron and support the show, I would highly recommend it. You get access to our Facebook-only Patreon group, which is a lot of fun, really supportive. It's actually where I'm probably mostly myself. Like I just told all my Patreons this morning something crazy that happened to me with the contractors that I probably wouldn't speak of uh, yeah. out loud. You know I told you this morning. is just, <laughs> just so freaking far-fetched. But yeah, so I'm really upfront with my patrons and always go live in there and stuff, usually when I'm drunk, you know, whatever. But I will say if you get offended easily or, you know, whatever you're caring, then definitely don't join. We don't want those. <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> but yeah, you can do so by just going to gunfunny.com and click on the support the show link. Also, Bowling Deadline gives away a $3 gift certificate to a lucky patron every month. $5 and up patrons get a Patreon only patch after three months. So this patch will never be for sale. It's kind of cool because you know that you're in the cool kids club. Also want to thank the $25 patron who is Corbin Bonafide, Iraq veteran, 88, sake holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, sportsman's guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Calamore and Melissa Ridings. King of the Patreon, still Jon Snow. He wants me to say the operator tickles doesn't have any enemies. Well, not anymore. All right, Brad. Thank you so much for joining me today and talking about your products and just like all the cool stuff that you're coming out with. Can you remind listeners once again, one guys, remember if you're going to buy anything, use that code gunfunny10, gets you 10% off. The website is tactical.dev, right?
2: Yep. Well, technically, yes, but we also have tacticaldev.com. Perfect. i will all get you to the right spot
1: just Google it or, you know, click on the link. And then also, uh, social media again was what?
2: So we've got at tactical dev on all of them. Uh, we also, you can, you can even just do instagram.tactical.dev, youtube.tactical.dev and facebook.tactical.dev. And those all link you to that socials.
3: Okay, cool.
1: Well, on that note, we're out of here and I will see you guys next week. And once again, thanks for listening. And Brad, thank you for joining me.
2: Thank you.
0: Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.